I loved the emotional rush of being scared. I still do, of course. I don't go out much to haunted houses, but I still love good, old-fashioned, scary stories. Listener discretion is advised. For the second case we're covering this week, we'll be traveling to August 1983. That month, 22 people in Texas were killed by Hurricane Alicia, which was a Category 3 storm. In August 1983, 40-year-old Priscilla Stroll was living in Fairfield, California with her 15-year-old son, Kyle Strachner. Fairfield is the midway point between San Francisco and Sacramento. In 1983, it had a population of about 60,000 people. On the night of August 31st, Kyle left their home at 7.30 to hang out with some friends. He was supposed to be back home by 10 p.m. He arrived home at 9.45 and he knocked on the door. But his mother didn't answer. He thought that was odd, so he looked in through a window and he saw his mother lying naked on the floor. He climbed in through an unlocked window and checked on his mother. It was clear that she was dead. Kyle went over to his neighbor's home and called the police. It was determined that 40-year-old Priscilla Stroll had been raped and beaten to death. She had numerous injuries on her face and her head. The weapons were items that the killer found in Priscilla's home. They were kitchen knives, a can opener, and a decorative piece of wood. Investigators said that was a gruesome crime scene and Priscilla put up a fight. The police surmised that Priscilla knew her killer, or at the very least, she felt comfortable letting him into her home. Some rooms in the house had been ransacked and some jewelry was stolen. The police collected several pieces of evidence. This included the killer's fingerprints and a sample of his semen. Less than a month after the murder, the police ran the fingerprints through what is today known as the Automated Fingerprint Identification System, or APHIS. Sadly, the case quickly became cold. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. In early 2012, 29 years after the murder, 
the case was reopened. The investigators saw that they had a semen sample. In April 2012, the sample was sent to a forensic lab and a DNA profile was developed. It was then entered into the combined DNA index system, also known as CODIS. But no match was found. At first, the investigators were discouraged. They looked through the evidence and they realized they had the killer's fingerprints. When the fingerprints were run through APHIS in 1983, the fingerprints weren't stored in APHIS. So, in the subsequent years since the murder, if the killer has fingerprints inputted into APHIS, they would not have known. The investigators thought it would be a good idea to run the fingerprints through APHIS again. On January 20, 2014, the fingerprints were given to a lab specializing in fingerprints. Just over a week later, they learned that a match had been found. They were the fingerprints of 48-year-old Robert Hathaway, who lived in Fairfield. His fingerprints were in the system because in December 1986, three years after the murder, he was arrested for burglary. Hathaway was 17 years old at the time of the murder. In fact, he was acquaintances with Priscilla's son, Kyle. They went to the same school. Hathaway had been to their home several times. Priscilla knew him, so he wasn't a stranger, which is probably why she let him into her home. Now that the police had matched the fingerprints, they wanted a sample of Hathaway's DNA. Since he knew the victim, he might have been able to explain why his fingerprints were found at the crime scene. But there's no reason his semen should have been found there. On February 11, 2014, investigators went to the home Hathaway shared with his wife. Hathaway was questioned about Priscilla's murder and he denied being involved. Investigators had a court order to get a sample of his DNA. So they left with a sample of his DNA. Four days later, 48-year-old Robert Hathaway hanged himself in his home. In a suicide note, he has not confessed to the murder. He wrote, they took the coward's way out. On February 20th, 2014, five days after Hathaway took his own life, the detectives got the results for the DNA testing. It was Robert Hathaway's DNA that was left at the crime scene. The police said that if Hathaway were still alive, he would have been arrested. Instead, after 31 years, the police announced that the murder of 40-year-old Priscilla Stroll was officially solved. Tragically, Priscilla's son, Kyle, did not find out who killed his mother. He died 10 years before the case was closed in April 2004. He was just 35 years old. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.